How can anyone, whether they want to work in a language school or privately from their own laptop anywhere in the world, create a rewarding and impactful career teaching English as a second language, even if they are just starting out or have no teaching experience or ability? Hi, my name is Lynette Kim and here on the TESOL Talk podcast, I aim to answer that very question. I was teaching English in a language institute on the Gold Coast a few years back and I remember that there was this one particular student in my class, uh, his name was Yusuke and he was from Japan and he was very quiet, very introverted, um, he wore very dark clothing, mostly black. He had hair over his face, you know, the typical teenager look, although he would have been like perhaps 20 or 22. And he always hid his face. He wouldn't look at people. He'd come and shuffle into the class, sit down by himself. And he'd spend a lot of time in a notebook that he had just sort of drawing or writing in between activities in the class. So I'd taken a bit of notice of this particular student and thought to myself, he really was so shy and he really felt like he didn't fit in. And this class was about intermediate level. So students had a 50-50. They understood what I was saying, 50%. They could converse with me as a teacher and do their activities. That's what we call the intermediate level, 50-50. So in this class, there was probably about 16 or so students and some of them were from Brazil, there were some from Colombia, so we had some nice South American feel in the classroom. There were other Japanese students, Korean, uh, Chinese and from a couple of other countries. So it was a really good multicultural mix of a class but then we had this student, Yusuke, who was just so separated from everything. Um, Now I had this class in the daytime for the general English classes, they usually go for about three hours. And then in the afternoon, another teacher had um, some of the students from this class and Yusuke in particular in his conversation class that goes for an hour and a half after the lunch break. So I had a chat with this other teacher and I just mentioned about Yusuke and what he'd noticed and he said the same thing, that he was withdrawn um, and all the same. And so we decided together, let's do something about this. Let's help Yusuke come out of his shell and really get the most out of his experience in Australia and and, um, his learning potential. So we devised a plan to help Yusuke to come out of his shell. So what we did Like in my particular class, in the mornings, I would, uh, if I needed something written on the board, because I love to get students to do as much as possible, I would call up Yusuke and we'd get him to write on the board. And he had beautiful handwriting. He actually, we found out later, did calligraphy. So he would come up and he would write stuff and I'd be like, oh my goodness. And I'd say to the class, look at that. And everyone was like, wow, look at that. And, you know, little bit by little bit, you could see him like take pride in these things. Um, Now, I'm a big believer when you teach to play games. So I always did things like split the class into two teams and for the week we'd have one team, they'd name themselves against the other team and you get the class would get points by uh, how many correct answers their team got, um, 
you know, games that we'd played. So we'd do backs to the board, Pictionary, uh, all these sorts of things. And then they'd have to do things in teams and get points for their class. Uh, if students were, you know, did anything that was sort of against the rules, like talking in their own language or something, um, or using their mobile phones, you know, to chat, uh, during lesson, then the team could lose points. So at the end of the week, what would happen is I'd have a prize, like I'd have some Tim Tam biscuits or some treats or something because students love to get treats and the winning team would get those treats and they'd always share them with the losing team. But, uh, you know, the, it's all about the win. So they would enjoy that. So I would make sure that Yusuke was always picked as head of the team. So then it was up to him to pick the other team members because we'd have have two people come up the front, they were the leaders of the teams, and then they'd pick their team members because you don't want to just pick sides of the room. You want to mix the class up as much as possible and keep mixing it up. So I would do this sort of thing. Um, so it put Yusuke into the spotlight a little bit where it would be impolite not to do it and it was within his cultural bounds to feel comfortable to do that. So I'd do that. Um, also, it's interesting because when you've got South American students in your class, they are very people oriented and they're very smart and these students started to pick up that I was praising Yusuke I was trying to draw him out more I actually paired him with South American students constantly and deliberately not with other Asian students even though they were from a different language because I wanted that um, influence of a different culture for him so then these South Americans picked it up they'd smile at me or give me a wink and off they'd go and they'd be chatting to him and you know he was he's just like from one person to the other, they were sort of taking him under their wing. So bit by bit, you know, week by week, this student started to really come out of his shell and he started to dress a little differently. He's, he showed his face, he got his haircut, which, I mean, the haircut was fine, but the fact was he just opened up his whole face. He was making eye contact with people, which he wasn't doing before. And the amazing thing is, and this was also happening, it was all translating across into the conversation classes in the afternoon, the similar thing the teacher was doing. He was making sure that Yusuke was getting that um, attention, that he was being partnered with students from different cultures that would draw him out. Same thing. We, we mirrored each other in how we handled the class. And, you know, before Yusuke had finished, you know, four or five months of lessons, he actually became like this popular student like if you wanted to know what was going on on the weekend Yusuke was the one that knew if, if you wanted to find out what activities were happening on the Friday uh, for the school he was the one and before you know it there he was walking around and he had a girl on one arm and a girl on the other arm and he was just like everybody's best friend and and he was the go-to person and it total this is like a 180 transformation you don't see that often but he became like the most popular person and you know I don't think to this day he really had any idea of what happened and that it was actually planned I mean and we as teachers didn't really uh, have any idea how this would turn out we just knew we cared about this student we wanted the best for him and if there was any opportunity that we could take hold of to provide him the chance to come out of his shell and to really get the most out of those lessons and and to expand in his personality as far as you know letting other people in we were going to give it that shot so we were 
fully prepared to give him every opportunity and it worked and and it was just such a beautiful thing to be a part of and to witness and all the other students in the class you know some of them were very well aware and even Yusuke in himself in a way you know he he was just so much happier um out of his you know there wasn't that comfort zone thing anymore that he had to worry about getting out of he was just there um and it turns out he was incredibly artistic he had beautiful drawings and he loved fashion and everybody was like ooing and ahhing over his artwork which is terrific so this whole journey where the class as a whole worked together and sought the benefit of each other and this particular student is something that I term transformational leadership or transformational teaching. Now, transformational leadership is already a thing in business, obviously, um, and it's well documented and it's where, you know, you're looking for the benefit of others, the common good and the common goal of the group. And when you're teaching ESL, you know, if you put these concepts into practice, it's like hitting the sweet spot when you play tennis with the racket and the ball. There's nothing that feels like it. And having your class set up in such a way from the beginning where students are working together, when you meet your class for the first time, you take a look at them and you think, okay, these students' strengths and weaknesses are, so when some students are going to be better at vocabulary, others, for instance, like Koreans are going to be really great at grammar, other students like the South Americans are going to be terrific with their speaking skills and their vocabulary range. So looking for those strengths and weaknesses, and rather than you as a teacher taking every opportunity, really trying to put into practice that 20% teacher talk time, 80% student talk time, and when student needs help instead of like perhaps they made a grammar error instead of correcting them saying okay who in the class can help this student or so and so you're fabulous at grammar could you please um, let us know how this student could say this better and then have students help other students make them independent learners rather than you as a teacher going oh you said this but you need to say that and this is why you don't have to take the lead in this you just need to facilitate that learning process. And this is a really important thing to learn to do in the ESL classroom. This is where learning really takes place. You know what they say, um, you learn best when you're teaching someone else. And that's so true. So in your classroom, you have this transformational learning going on where students are taking responsibility for each other and they're wanting to help. And before you know it, someone will say something in the classroom or they can't think of a word and another student will pop up and go, oh, you could say this or this is the right word. And they'll be helping each other. They'll be each other's thesauruses, for goodness sake. And that's a beautiful thing to sit back and witness. And then you'll have students helping each other, correcting each other, and they will have a genuine sense of purpose and contribution within the classroom. And you'll find that they don't want to miss class now because they feel like, oh, you know, if I'm in the class, I know these students, these particular students might need my help. I can do this and I can help with that. So they they have a sense of duty to the classroom and other students will feel like they 
all work together as a team and they don't want to let their team down. So that common goal becomes the entity of the classroom, which is everyone's learning to the best of their ability and supporting each other's learning. Having that as your common goal for the classroom, this is where that transformational leadership or teaching in the classroom comes in. So this will actually take on a life of its own and uh, students will take responsibility not only for their own learning, but for the learning of others. And once you have this in the classroom, and this isn't something that's taught ordinarily in TESOL courses. I actually, I've read numerous TESOL courses and I've never, ever come across it once. And it's actually the reason that I put it into our international TESOL courses deliberately because it is such an amazing thing to witness. And I'm ESL teaching is all about 20% teacher talk time and 80% student talk time. How are you going to get that unless you have independent learners that are supporting each other's learning? Otherwise, as a teacher, you're going to be talking at least 50%. So this is such an amazing, the classroom will become an a living organism of its own. It'll take on its own life. I mean, I can't count the amount of times that when I was teaching, I would have the academic manager coming in because the class was a little noisy and there would be a student writing on the board, asking questions to the rest of the class. And the academic manager would look around the room going, where's the teacher? And I'd be in the corner at the back of the room somewhere and um, just sort of directing things, but keeping out of the way a little bit and they'd be like oh there's the teacher and I'd be up the back and and he would be looking at me going you know and he'd smile he knew what was going on obviously but you know this is the thing and so your job as a teacher isn't necessarily to stand out the front and to stand out it's actually to facilitate that learning and using these concepts of transformational leadership in the classroom is the way that the vehicle in which you can steer where that classroom goes without actually having to drive it yourself. You allow the students to be independent learners and drive it for each other.